volatility, uncertainty, complexity. This is the work environment that is our reality. What will leaders need to know to be successful in the future? Who will they need to be to build team member commitment? How will they need to show up to create a motivating environment for their people? Welcome to the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast, a dialogue about how leaders will need to adapt to be successful in a rapidly changing world. And now, please join your host and executive producer, Sal Sylvester, to engage in the conversation about the future of leadership and how to transform people into confident leaders. Hello, and welcome to season four of Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership. I'm Sal Sylvester, your host and founder and CEO of 512 Solutions, an executive coaching and leadership development firm based here in Boulder, Colorado. Our mission is to help organizations create healthy, aligned, and more human workplaces. I'm also the founder and CEO of Coach Metrics, a cloud-based tool we developed to measure behavioral change in coaching and leadership development. Thank you so much for joining me today to talk about the future of leadership. As you may know, we're in season four. It's hard to believe that this is already, I think, our 40th or 41st episode. As you know, season four is all about the future of work. And as we think about the post-pandemic era, hybrid work environments, how this Delta variant has impacted our back-to-office plans and what the future of work looks like, leaders will have to think differently about how they engage their workforce. So this season, I'm interviewing executives to get a sense of what they're seeing, what they're observing, and how they're guiding their organizations through this once-in-a-lifetime transition. Today's guest is Kermit Randa. I've had the opportunity to work personally with Kermit. He is results-oriented, and he drives sustainable, profitable growth through customer-centric transformation, cultures of accountability, and a positive employee engagement culture. He's incredible. He's charismatic. He's fun to be around, and he's inspiring. His career has included serving in leadership positions throughout the software and technology space, principally in private equity environments. Under his leadership, organizations have achieved significant customer operational and financial milestones while earning numerous industry and third-party recognitions. Outside of the office, Kermit is a board member, investor, volunteer, and a very grateful father of three beautiful children. I think you're going to love Kermit's perspective on the future of work. Again, this is an amazing human being. Let's go out to our interview with Kermit now. Kermit, great to have you on the show today. It's great to be here, Sal. It's always good spending time with you. Thank you. Great spending time with you as well. Kermit, our society has, we've just been through so much over these last 18 months, you know, personally, professionally. I'm, I'm just always amazed as I'm talking to people and hearing their stories. I'm curious from your standpoint as, as a CEO and executive, in what ways have you noticed employees' attitudes changing about how they think about work and or what they expect from their employers today? It's a complicated time for sure. I think Team members are being pulled over left and right by diverse and conflicting views. I think opinions and facts are all happening and they're being forced on people in new and very energetic ways. Uh, you combine that with some of the pandemic challenges that you said, the changes in technology and 
how business is being done. You just got a you just got a recipe for confusion right now, and I, I think mm-hmm. that the whole world is on back order, uh, and people are trying to find <laughs> and people are trying to find their way through that in a very heightened state, right? And so everything, as you said, everything is different. People are exhausted, and I think people are looking for something they can believe in. So maybe this isn't the best answer for you, but I think we're still figuring it out. It's not all bad. We're seeing the importance. Clearly, we're seeing the importance of people wanting to invest time with their family and whatever gives them joy. And that's a good thing. There's a lot of goodness when people start to prioritize that dot, dot, dot of their lives, whatever is important. And I think that work can be an important part of that story, maybe just not the anchor. And at the end of the day, I think people want to be challenged. They want to grow and at some level want to see that reward. So with all of the switching and the great resignation stuff that you hear right now, I think it's key for employers to tap into why people want to work and really understand that connection, not just to the vision, but understand how people want to contribute and see their contribution come together in the work that they do. Yeah, I love that. I I love your statement, Kermit, about people want something to believe in. Just reflecting on what I'm hearing and, and what I've heard from other executives that we've interviewed in the show. And I think you're right. I, part of what this theme that I'm hearing is people want to, they want to have meaningful work. They want to know how it connects to mm-hmm. a bigger picture. They want to have something to believe in. I, I just love the the way you've, the way you frame that. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the exhaustion is so many people are trying to be that thing for people to believe in, whether it's, mm positive or whether it's hateful or whether it's designed to be incisive. (laughs) I think that people are looking and I think they're just tired of trying to find it. And work can be an important thing. They can find it at home, but work can be a part of that answer. But it's not just about a paycheck, clearly. Or or even a big mission. It's it's what do I do? How am I contributing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as, as you think about that shift with that desire, that need that people are expressing more of in terms of being part of something that they can believe in, how should the enterprise respond? Or Mm -hmm. what are your recommendations for other executives that are also trying to navigate this shift in employee attitude? Yeah, I think that companies have, hopefully most of the companies have done the basics of uh, keeping people safe over the past 18 months. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I know that in my experience. We, we, we did a lot of that. But we also added so much more to the engagement efforts as a, as a company. And I personally was humbled by the notes and calls that I received from team members with appreciation that those events got them through some very, very hard times. And we were able to encourage people to get real support to navigate some of the intense emotional strain of lockdowns and so on. So I would just say one thing is those efforts matter truly for every I don't know what the ratio is, but for every person that might say, I don't want to join up and play bingo or family feud or get on some sort of a meetup to talk about gardening or bread or something, I would tell you that there's someone else that at some level desperately needs it. Mm -hmm. And as a leader, you can't let your uncomfortability with being vulnerable keep you from creating that space for your employees. I can tell you firsthand, I promise you, someone on your team needs it right now, even though we think we're kind of through the knot. At a higher level, I think, Sal, that we see, I just saw something today, you know, we're remote work forever. Well, that's that's great, you know, and there's other people 
I just talked to somebody a couple of weeks ago. They're insisting all their people be in one office and, and in the office, in fact. And I think you've really got to examine why that's important to you Mm -hmm. as a leader and at a board level. I do think that, like we talked about a little bit, that companies need to go out of their way to help team members understand how the company is going to go and move forward in this new, whatever we want to call it, world order, normal, whatever. We're just talking the other day that, you know, there are people that love to work. We're hearing all this great resignation and people that are wanting to just not work. That's not true. There are there are people that love to work, as you said. There are people that love to achieve goals. They love to win. They'll put the effort in to do it and to see their improvement and watch their careers grow. And, and that's awesome. But to keep these folks and to retain these folks, it's uh, become much more important to understand something beyond a compelling message or a compelling vision. That's always been the case. But now really need to understand, like we talked about, that team member impact. Because now they're making very real decisions because there are options. And they have to say, look, is this 40, 50, 60 hours a week that I'm putting into this, which means I'm not putting it into something else, is it worth it? And that's the decision that's being made. And a lot of people are just Hmm. saying it's not worth it. (laughs) You know, There's a lot of simple answers. People are like, oh, they don't want to work because there's relief bills and all that. So that's not true. I mean, at the end of the day, maybe on edge cases. People just want to do work that makes them feel good. And right now, when the companies are on flux, I think that any anchor they might have had maybe is not there right now. These are just amazing points, um, Kermit. One, you know, just your comment about safety. Like, we, we just people have to feel physically safe, right? Yeah. And that piece has to be there. And for many organizations, you know, maybe in previous world prior to COVID. There wasn't much of an issue around physical safety. Certainly, if you were in biotech or manufacturing or whatever, the idea of physical safety was important. And now it's important for every organization to think about and to consider. And how sad is that, that that's a thing, right? I mean, I can tell you, I can tell you in a previous uh, couple of CEO positions ago, we had an active shooter situation. If you want to know, and I know you've got a lot of military experience but for me, that was that was a moment of having 150 people look back at you and you not having all the answers, except knowing that there was a very real threat outside and that people yeah. couldn't go and leave the doors. And mm-hmm. so for me, that was a defining moment of, okay, your job is way beyond job safety. And now, sadly, that's an issue on top of everything, you know, along with pandemics and everything else. Mm-hmm. So your role as a leader is truly you know, you have to be concerned with the whole person's safety. Yeah, for sure. And there's a lot of emotional stress that comes with that. We've got, (laughs) you know, normal work stress, and then you've got this pandemic that's layered on. Mm -hmm. And then these edge events that Mm -hmm. maybe are not as edge as they used to be the active shooter or, you know, being aware of those situations that, I mean, it's just, there's such an enormous strain on people today. I was just working with a leadership team yesterday. And this team has been so focused on an overwhelm of work in the last 18 months. This group of people has not, they haven't had any fun together. It's really Mm. fascinating because they've been so short staffed that they've been so focused on efficiency and getting things done. They haven't spent time together. They haven't had a pizza together. They haven't Mm -hmm. had a beer together. So I, I think your, your comments around not underestimating the engagement efforts and how important those are, they just can't be understated at this point. 
Yeah, I know we're all measured on financial metrics and we should be, but I'll tell you what, the stuff that would have been dismissed as soft stuff before is yeah. now becoming mission critical. It is. Uh, and I can tell you, I had to go through a change of, of like, are mm-hmm. we really going to sit on a phone and talk about this stuff? And it was hard, but boy, just seeing the results and it was amazing. So hey, encourage folks to do it. Yeah. Kermit, I want to unpack that a little bit because I know in your experience, you've got a lot of experience running organizations in private equity, investing. Tell me more about that shift for you personally in terms of like valuing the soft stuff. Because I know mm-hmm. it's not it's not easy to measure that, but I believe, I mean, it's part of why I'm in this line of work, I believe that the soft stuff matters and it actually becomes hard stuff. Like the reason why people get derailed in the workplace, typically not because of their technical skills, but how they're relating to people and relationships yeah. between people. But tell me more about that shift that you had to make and what triggered that for you? Yeah, I think that there's a couple of different components that probably the biggest one is all about change management. And you can talk about whatever you want. At the end of the day, it's about change management. So whether you, uh, I was lucky enough to start out my career in consulting and then in sales, which uh, fundamentally the same thing because they're about, there was a previous state and now there's a new state (laughs) and how do you bridge the gap, right? Right. And I think that uh, when you start to think about in my world, what, what that has meant is having a framework, sometimes explicitly stated, sometimes not mm-hmm. explicitly stated, to help teams adapt. And, you know, uh, you and I have talked about this, whether it's what I've loosely called the ideas framework, where you help people understand, okay, we've got a change to make, we've got to move into a new realm, whether it's a new market, or the market's changed on us, or even here, What's happening with the work balance situation? You're right, 18 months and no one, and it's all via Zoom and people are just beat. So, well, what are we going to do now? We know where we want to go. And so we've got to innovate. We've got to do something in a different way, whatever that is. You know, we've got to get up and we've got to go have a pizza or we've got to decide we're going to not do what we did yesterday. That's the innovation, right? Then we've got to dedicate, which means we've got to put time and dollars into it, which means maybe your budget is changing, your budget process is changing because now we're going to put resources into it and show real dedication. Then we're going to execute. You know, We're going to make sure we're putting the right people in the right places. We're going to have the right metrics. And then we've got to be accountable, good or bad. However that thing goes, we need to be accountable for the results. And last, I think we just need to make sure that we're self-aware that whatever we just did might have been great, but there's a new challenge coming and we probably have to restart again in terms of innovation. And I think right now, if you think about that I-D-E-A-S, if you think about that concept, uh, right now I'm spending a lot of time thinking about that in terms of manager development, specifically not the CEO. It all starts with the CEO. So I'm not taking any work off of the CEO. CEO, it starts there. But where this action happens is at the manager level, Mm -hmm. the individual manager, first line manager level. And right now, as people are going through changes, every every business is different. Even if you were a business that your budget went south because no one could buy, or if you're Zoom, like we're talking now, and you know their budgets went the other direction, every business is different than it was 18 months ago. Full yeah. stop, right? Yeah. And the people that are making those decisions to leave or stay or go, they need their manager 
their individual, who they talk to, who they do time cards with, or who they do their weekly planning or monthly planning. That is where it happens. That's where the communication happens. You can't rely on the CEO. You need to make sure because the CEO message could be great, but it doesn't mean anything to that individual contributor. So I think right now, applying that framework to how are we communicating throughout the organization? So how does it go from CEO to executive leadership team? And maybe that's pretty easy in most organizations. I bet it's almost a one-to-one ratio of coverage. But then it goes from the individual executive to their functional people, their directors or their managers, whatever the hierarchy is. And I wonder how much time we're really spending getting that right. Because if that's off by 20% or 50%, then Mm. think about what that next one is when that director goes to talk to that manager, and then it's off by the the same 20 or 30 or 50%. And then it gets to the individual contributor who's saying, this sounds nothing like I heard in the company all hands meeting when I heard the, what is going on here? And then they go home to the kitchen table and they're like, yeah, I don't even know what's going on. This guy's saying this, this lady's saying that. And guess what? At the end of it, Sal, I don't feel safe. Yeah, right. Because I am i don't know what to believe. Who do I believe, right? And I was part of this group the other day, and somebody said it the right way. Their example was really more towards customers. And they said, look, we are in the position of being able to set an expectation with a customer and deliver it. We own both sides of that as a, as a company, right? No matter what mm-hmm. service you offer, you own both sides. And we continually sometimes find ways to mess that up. Well, I would, I would say that we're responsible for our mission. We're responsible for our vision. We're responsible for our communication. And yet, somehow, even though we control all the variables, <laughs> but there's no external influence, we, can, we still kind of miss on that. And so yeah. if innovating a way and making sure that you're self-aware and accountable about that organizational-wide communication isn't in the top three of your list, if you're an executive or if you're a manager or first-time manager or CEO, then I don't. I think you ought to look at your to-do list. And that's, that's probably going to turn into some pretty intense manager training and not just manager, but executive training too. Because mm-hmm. when that's off, which is very controllable, then the permutation of badness is, is really huge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, you mentioned something earlier in the podcast, which is we're all kind of just trying to figure this whole thing mm-hmm. out. I don't know if anyone has a playbook. And as the complexity of our businesses and, and our work environment continues to grow, I think this ideas framework, this innovation, dedication, execution, accountability, and self-awareness, I think it's going to be a nice model for people to hold on to and to remember because there's going to be, we're going to need to experiment more. We're going to have to work together more to mm-hmm. learn from what's happening because the answers aren't going to be so clear. The cause yeah. and effect of what we do is, is not going to be necessarily right in front of us or available until we start innovating and experimenting and learning mm-hmm. from that. So I love that yeah. framework. Thanks. And just Thanks. sort of reinforcing that this world is getting more complex, not less. And we're going to mm-hmm. need frameworks like that to get us through. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. For sure. Yeah. Kermit, thanks for joining us today. I think our listeners are going to find this incredibly insightful. And thanks for your sharing your wisdom with us. Great. Always good to spend time. Really appreciate it, Sal. Thanks, Kermit.
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast. You can get session notes on our website at 512solutions.com. That's the numbers 512solutions.com. Please follow and like the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in. And if you want to learn more about how we can help transform your people into confident and action-oriented leaders, please check out our website at 512solutions.com. I look forward to continuing the conversation about the future of leadership. I'm out.